gaudy, extravagantly bright or showy, uh, typically even to a tasteless level. And we've all seen gaudy things before. You know, take Deacon's vestment versus mine. How, how did I get the short stick, right? <laughs> just things just so done up, kind of over the top, uh, bordering out even on the comical. You could take, you know, some of these houses I drive by in St. Charles are amazing. They're Christmas lights. I don't know if it's up right now, but you drive south on Crane Road, you see like a 15-foot reindeer. But this word gaudi, uh, at its Latin root, is, is gaudium. It means joy. It's a noun. Um, but as a verb, gaudere, um, it means to rejoice. And then, so today is gaudete Sunday, which is effectively the U plural, y'all rejoice. Okay? It sounds like a great like, album name for Cool in the Gang or something. <laughs> but so it's, it's the Y'all Rejoice Sunday in a nutshell. And it's no mistake that we've been for the first few weeks of Advent that the church gives us this Sunday, just like it gives us a similar Sunday in Lent. Because the church, though divine, perfect in herself, is made up of us, you know, weak and frail humans. She knows after a while of, of kind of getting beat over the head by her priests and the homilies, for these few weeks of preparing the way, telling you to go to confession, be ready for Jesus without spot or blemish, we need a little breather. We need a little booster shot to keep us going, to give us that little push that we need uh, to get to that final beatific coming of Christ. So Paul, in his letter to the Thessalonians today, he gives some really great, very simple practicals, the fundamentals on how to do this. He says, rejoice always, Pray without ceasing, and in all circumstances, give thanks. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. Rejoice. The readings are all about rejoicing. Uh, From Isaiah to Luke, Paul, and then our gospel from John. That joy, gaude, it has a crucial, fundamental role in our Christian life. Isaiah in the first reading says, God is the joy of my soul. I'm sure you've met your fair share of Catholics or Christians that don't have joy. If they even are still coming to Mass, going to church, they don't seem happy about it, right? They're kind of just going through the emotions. And we could all certainly fall into that at times. You know, how often do we take those words of Isaiah and replace God with something else? Sports is the joy of my soul. A hobby is the joy of my soul. Shopping, money is the joy of my soul. When these things start to add up and God starts getting pushed you know, to the back burner, it can become kind of dangerous for our soul. But also found in our first reading is this, because the Lord has anointed me, he has sent me to bring glad tidings, to heal, to proclaim, to announce those glad tidings. By our baptism, we are anointed, right? Joy is infused to us. Another way to say glad tidings is good news. It's another translation. And that's what we are called to bear to the world. Uh, We are called to be joyful as Christians. Uh, to bear witness to Jesus himself, the joy of our soul. But number two, pray. Before before Paul tells us to pray always, he tells us to rejoice always. And there's a deep mystery here, I think, um, to examine what is joy. Is joy happiness? Are they synonymous? I don't think so. They're often associated with each other. But happiness is an emotion. Joy fundamentally is not. Some associate joy with a significant absence of pain or suffering, Uh, but that's not quite right either. It's been said by many saints that perfect joy is Jesus Christ crucified upon the cross. And there's something you could spend an 
eternity, meditating upon. That joy is doing the will of the Father. Joy is knowing yourself in relation to Him and allowing Him to love you and with the little that you are, loving Him back. But to do this, the second point, we must pray and pray ceaselessly uh, to commune daily with the Trinity, the Father who knows us, Jesus who became one of us, and the Spirit who is alive and dwells within us. So if you don't pray daily, brothers and sisters, you know, concretely with, with time set aside, it's my challenge to you to pray and to wake up to that call the Lord is inviting you to. To realize that we will never have true joy and we will unsuccessfully spread joy if we ourselves do not communicate with he who is joy. So there's the challenge, right? To pray daily. Whatever you do, double it. If you pray 15 minutes a day, beautiful. Try to make it 30. If you pray a rosary, you know, you go to mass on the weekends, beautiful things, keep doing them. But start some personal prayer in your heart, at least 15 minutes. If we have 15 minutes to scroll through our phones throughout the day, we have 15 minutes to pray to the God who holds that phone in existence. And a great way to pray is actually my third point, the point of Paul, to give thanks. Rejoice always, he says, pray without ceasing, and in all circumstances, give thanks. To realize that gratitude is an antidote to pride. They asked John the Baptist, are you the Messiah? Think of how tempted a lot of people would be in that moment to say yes. But he says no, he's so humble. Gratitude. It puts us in our proper place with God as his children who just are showered with undeserved gifts and love from him. Often in the confessional, I give gratitude out as a penance to invite people to think of three things in their life that they're grateful for and to thank Jesus for them. For a spouse, for a child, for a great cup of coffee you had this morning, for a beautiful sunset. Sometimes the more unassuming and small, the better. God's goodness and joy is all around us. We just need to make sure we're spiritually attuned to see it by our daily prayer and gratitude. And then by receiving that joy, like John the Baptist, to be, as he writes in our gospel, a testimony to the light. Not the light itself, but a testimony to it that all might believe. Now, there's many Christians, so-called Catholics out in the world, that are joyless. They do not have joy. They believe, they say. I've yet you know, to meet a believer that is transformed by what they believe. So brothers and sisters, let us look to this someone greater, to Jesus Christ, who in a few moments will be on this altar.